Welcome to Open to Hope Radio with your host, mother-daughter team, Dr. Gloria and Dr. Heidi Horsley. This show is brought to you by the Open to Hope Foundation with the mission of helping people find hope after loss. This show has been edited for your convenience. Now, Open to Hope Radio. topic is resilience, hope, and recovery, and our first guest is Jennifer Steinman. Jennifer Steinman is a documentary filmmaker who was inspired to make the film Motherland after her, her good friend lost her son in a tragic accident. The film chronicles the work of six women who have all lost children and volunteer in South Africa in order to test the theory that giving is healing. Welcome to the show, Jennifer. Thank you so much. It's so nice to be here. Yeah, it's wonderful to have you on. Um, what an experience and what a, what an idea of taking uh, six bereaved uh, moms and one sibling, one bereaved sibling. I thought Heidi would be happy to that there was a bereaved sibling along on the journey, too. Yeah, I did read that there was a bereaved sibling, and then I went back and read the intro, and it looked like there wasn't a bereaved sibling. But yes, now that you're saying that, I do remember reading that. Yep, I guess mom was supposed to go. Is that right, Jennifer? And then yeah, her she... mom, her mother was supposed to go, and at the end, she, um, the last minute, she just felt like she couldn't make the trip. It was a little too emotional for her, so she, her daughter, offered to go in her place. And so, yeah, we had it, in the end, it was five moms and one uh, sister. Now, okay. Now, how did you get the idea to do this to uh, get people together and and travel? I, you had a friend who had a child die, right? Yeah, so one of the women in the film is a good friend of mine, and she um, she had lost her son in a car accident. And I had certainly known people who had lost people over the years, and and um, and had you know experienced very recently just losing my own my grandfather. But I had never known anyone who'd lost a child before, and it was a very um, specific and and devastating form of loss. And um, and I just watched her over the years, you know, dealing with her grief, and and um, and then actually separately from that, independently, I was actually planning a trip for myself to go to Africa. And I had been reading a lot about Africa, and I had reading been reading a lot about, um, you know, what just the, the the number of deaths that were happening from you know AIDS, HIV, and um, just extreme poverty. And I was really moved to want to go do something to help. And I'd done a lot of volunteer work over the years, and I've just always really believed that that giving is a very healing thing to do. Mm-hmm. And I had this day where I was thinking about my friend, and then I was thinking about this trip to Africa, and I thought to myself, you know, could a trip like that be a healing thing for my friend? Could that could going and giving help be a way to help her deal with her own loss and her own grief? And um, so I called her, and I, I, I said, you know, I had this crazy idea. What do you think of this? <laughs> And, um, and, you know, she burst into tears and she just said, oh, my God, uh, that's exactly what I want to do. That's exactly what I need to do. I've been feeling so lost. I've been feeling so stuck. And, um, and, I, and, and something like that is exactly what I need, and, and let's do it. Uh, and how long ago had her child died when she, you had this conversation? It had been about three years. Okay. Yeah, I was curious about that, too, because uh, we find we've got a lot of newly bereaved folks listening, and and we always say to them, you know, uh, it sounds like the service is starting to kind of kick in, and when that starts happening, it it certainly becomes uh, a path towards healing, and it it sounds like it was just the right time for her to to be able to move into something like this. Well, how did you connect with the African women? 
Um, I I did my volunteer placement with a an organization called Dream Dreamcatcher in South Africa, and they are a local organization that um, that helps place volunteers all over South Africa. And I have always come from the philosophy that when you're going to give of yourself in service, that you that you ask where you're needed and you go where you're needed, as opposed to calling up and saying, "Hey, we want to go here." <laughs> you know that that it's up to them where they need you. So they they. They picked where we were going and who we were going to help, and they helped me organize the whole trip. How, how did they feel about this idea? Were there any skeptics that said, oh, you know, you never get over the death of a child. You know, you don't want to go submit these the people to this. Or, yeah. Um, no, I didn't have any skeptics like that. Um, you know, it's interesting what you said earlier, but Barbara was, her son, it had been almost four years since her son died when we went, but everybody else on the trip, it was two years or less since they'd mm-hmm. lost their children, so they were all a lot fresher. Um, and I, I mean, I had a little bit of, in the beginning I was wondering, should I be taking a grief counselor along with me? Should I, you know, um, will it be too fresh for some people? But, you know, I really, I, I just sort of trusted my gut, and, and, and I had really good conversations with all of the women before we went, and... Um, and everybody felt pretty ready to do it. And we had, you know, I had, I had almost a hundred women write to me um, who wanted to go on the trip, wow. which was amazing. That <laughs> um, is, you know, the thing is, they the earlier. If you look at peer support, which Heidi and I like very much, the earlier grievers had your friend who was a little later griever to look at how she was doing because we look at grief as being a totally normal, natural process that you really do know how to go through, but the peer support is great. So you almost really had kind of a grief counselor there. Yeah, and one of the most amazing things that happened, which was a total magical, unexpected thing, was when we got to South Africa, we were... We were hosted by local families who we stayed in their homes, and the woman who who hosted us, um, she had no idea what our trip was about before we got there. And when we got there and told her why we were there, it turned out she too had lost her daughter, and wow. it, it had been twelve years for her. Oh my gosh! So then you had another grief counselor so there she really to help. It became out. like this mentor to the woman, to the women and right. she became this you know voice of you know someone 12 years later you know who can who you know and just it was so amazing for the women to hear someone say who'd been you know who'd lost their daughter 12 years ago to hear someone say no you never get over it uh-huh. <laughs> it never goes away and that was almost a relief for them to hear you know well, that, and you don't want to get over the person that died exactly we get over the pain the suffering we don't get over the person exactly yeah so they all had they had that person who was that much further down the road who could say that to them and 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 it was very validating in a lot of ways and very healing. Uh-huh. And and I loved all the different things that you did over there with these women, all the ways you volunteered. You did so many different things in Africa to 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 be of service. Yeah, we worked um we worked a lot in daycare centers with um with children that some of them were orphaned. Some of them were just living in in extreme, extreme poverty, and so their families didn't have the means to take care of them during the day. So, you know, they go to these daycare centers where there's 250 children and four adults, um, and you know, they're and often the meal that they have there is the only meal that they will have that day. And so, when you come in with you know six more adults who want to help, you know, the children go crazy <laughs> and they're so excited to see you. Um, so it was really those. That was a really special experience and then we also did some work in um in 
with in a more rural community helping out with you know cooking meals and things like that um they went to a home for disabled children and then one of the really um special days of the trip was they did a they actually helped lead a, gr- a grief workshop for children who had lost um family members to HIV and AIDS wow so that was a really powerful day yeah that's amazing now have you had contact with them since you got back and since you finished the documentary with the women in the film? The, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm in contact with all of them. We're all very close, and now we're all planning the big party for the premiere. So <laughs> That's great. Now, we'll talk about that when we come back from break. I definitely want to talk about the premiere and what you're doing and what's going going um, on now. Mm-hmm. Uh, what just uh, We've just got one quick moment. I wanted to know, is there one quick takeaway that you found from Africa? Yes, absolutely. I mean, I think the biggest thing we learned there. You know, Africa is a country that technically has, quote-unquote, more grief um, just because of the sheer numbers of people that are dying there every day. And I think that, um, and I think one of the things that surprised us all when we got there was that, you know, the women there really seemed, it, it just seemed lighter. It didn't seem as um, intense to, for them. And part of what we realized was that they're really not isolated in their grief there, and that the American women really all felt this sense of isolation, of feeling like outcasts since they had lost their children, of feeling like nobody really understood, and they were all alone in their grief. I want to make sure that we get your website and what you're doing with the film and uh, what you're doing with your new, I guess, foundation, is it, that you have, Project Grace? or It's, um, it's actually a... It's a project of Corestone, which is an organization in California. Um, that wa- there were. What uh, is the name of that organization? Um, it's called Corestone. C O R S T O N E dot org. Okay. And um, the project is called Project Grace, and it was started by two women who were inspired by my film and by the idea of of these service trips being healing for for bereaved families. And so these two women have started. Um, this program, and they've already taken two trips to um, two different orphanages in Mexico with mothers who've lost children, and now this spring they're planning a trip for fathers who've lost children to build homes in Nicaragua and another trip um, later in the spring for um, for families, for, for fathers, mothers, and siblings. So um, it's just really exciting to see you know, the the vision for the film live on into the future in this new reincarnation. So Now, that's amazing. Now, uh, for our audience, I'm sure there are people out there who would be very interested in this. Does it have to be the loss of a child? Um, well, it's for, it's, or of, of a sibling, so, okay. yes, for families. Okay. But, for um, f- but, yeah, if you go to my website, which is motherland-thefilm.com, there's a, there's a link for Project Grace on there, and they can get all the information for that, too. Yeah, and we're also hoping to get a, a trailer of your uh, show on our website, Absolutely. so that that would be great. Um, it's a, it's you know, it's an amazing film. Can you talk about uh, the premiere and and what's happening with it? And you're presenting it at film festivals and all sorts of things, right? Yeah, absolutely. We're very excited. We're having our world premiere at the South by Southwest Film Festival in Austin, Texas. Um, March 15th. And that's a big deal to be at that film festival. That is great. Yeah, very, very exciting. It's very exciting. So, um, so, and we're inviting everybody in the Austin area, please come. (laughs) And, um, 
so that's March. It'll, the first screening is March 15th, and I believe there's a second screening on March 18th. And again, all of that's on my website. Um, you can also go to southbysouthwest.com, which is sxsw.com. Um, and um, so that's really exciting. And then we've also gotten into some other smaller film festivals in California. We just found out we won the jury prize for the best film at the Sebastopol Documentary Film Festival. Um, and we're, um, there's another screening in L.A. at the end of March and in um, Livermore, California at the end of April. So we're, all those screenings are on the website, and we're, hopefully there'll be more. I'm trying to have an East Coast premiere soon, too. So, um, And then DVDs will probably be for sale on the website um, in April or May. So, um, And, you know, ideally I'd love to see the film, you know, I mean, the, the point of the film from the get-go was to just to help as many people as possible. I really hope that this film can be, you know, a conversation starter and really get people to start being able to have open conversations about grief and to not for grief to not be a taboo subject and for, for people to be able to talk about their losses openly and have it not be something that makes, makes other people uncomfortable. Um, that's so, great. That's certainly a goal that Heidi and I have also with the foundation, isn't it, Heidi? Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, so I'd love to see it, you know, in grief groups and counseling centers and educational institutions. I'd like to, I would, I mean, my, I always say my, my real vision for the film is I hope, I hope that this film can become the kind of thing that when you have a friend that loses someone, this is what you give them you uh. know, along, you know, well, rather, rather like than a bouquet of flowers that, that just, goes in the trash that this is something that you can give someone who's lost someone and, and what and what would it say about resilience hope and recovery the movie i mean of the film if i had just lost somebody what would i get out of it i mean i think that you know i think there's this myth that when you lose someone and you're in pain that the goal should be to heal mm-hmm. and and to make it all go away <laughs> and i think you know i mean it's this is one of the biggest things I learned from actually from all the women in the film is that, you know, is that healing isn't necessarily the goal that, that, that learning how to recreate yourself as someone who has lost someone is, is really the goal. And like, who am I now and how do I go forward from here? But, but not getting over the the loss, not getting over the person, but just, um, but moving forward and and having hope and and knowing that it's okay to have a good life after after losing someone you love. And it sounds like this film really inspires people to be of service to others. And instead of turning inward, it kind of inspires people to look outward and to be of service. Exactly, exactly. And I've always found that that I think that we're we're sort of taught that oh, when 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 you get hurt, that you should go inwards and take care of yourself. And I have always found personally that that I find the most relief and the most love and the most hope when I give mm-hmm. and get out of myself and, and 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 give to others. And that's really what the women in Africa do. That we we learned so much from them. You know, is that they really do grieve together as a community. They don't grieve alone. Now, is part of that because they have had so much loss over there, and there is so much grief in every family? Yes, it's because it's not, it's not, um, you know, it's the sheer numbers is that, you know, but also a huge part of it is that, you know, they don't live in the same conditions we live in. It's like, you know, when, you know, when I get hurt, I go into my house and I close my bedroom door and I climb under my covers and I cry by myself. And and when you live in a 
in a township, you know, in a in a small cardboard house, <laughs> you know, surrounded by, you know, all your friends and neighbors, you don't have that luxury of going and closing the door and crying by yourself. Um, it could be a luxury or it could be a detriment. Exactly, be, exactly. Yeah. And that's really what we learned. Now, uh, I wanted to ask you a little bit, because I know some people are thinking, wow, this Project Grace, if I wanted to go, is there um, a time? I mean, do I have to be so far out in my grief, or <clears throat> can I apply? How does it go? Um, I don't be- I don't believe there's a cutoff mm-hmm. for that. Um, I think um, they're, they're very open to, to talking to anybody at any stage of their grief, and... Um, you know, I'm sorry, I don't actually know the details, but if I'm if you go to my website and go to that Project Grace link, um, or even just contact me directly, I can I can I can um, set people up with with Catherine and Carol, who are the two women that are running the program. That's great. And it, do I have to pay, or are there there uh, grants or anything? Do you know? I believe they have a couple scholarship programs, and okay. then um, and then the the cost the normal cost is very minimal. I believe it's like. It was like a thousand dollars for a twelve-day trip or something. It was basically covers airfare. Now the the other thing is, do you accept donations? I mean, what's going on with you? And they are looking for donations, right, to help other bereaved people. And absolutely, yes, we have. Um, we're we all have a five hundred one c three status, so we happily accept donations. <laughs> this project has been a labor of of love from the get go. So, and I've been, you know, I've been blown away by the generosity and love of, of all of my family and friends and people who've really, you know, without who this film would not have been possible. And we definitely have many more expenses coming up. So we happily take donations and, and are very grateful for them. And uh, you can do that on the website as well. Now, you said that you're getting together with these ladies for the film uh, festival. Yeah, most of them are coming to Austin. So we'll have... Um, We'll have four out of the six there in Austin for the premiere. Now, I wanted to ask you quickly, did you see anything different with the sibling loss as compared with the, with the loss of the parents? Um, yes, I definitely did. I mean, I think that, um, you know, and I can only obviously speak from the, the group of women I have. I, I hate to generalize, but I, what I really got was that, you know, as a parent for the mother's, there, you know, there was a sort of recurring theme, which was like, my only job in the world was to keep this person safe, and I wasn't able to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, this sense of I failed at my job, um, which was so painful, and and that wasn't the same. Um, I, the the sister that was on our trip, you know, while she was missing her brother every day, she was she went she was more concerned about her mother and really went into the mode of taking care of her mother and worrying about her mother. And one of the ways she took care of her was to replace her on the trip. Yeah. No, it's very true. That's very true. Hmm, that's a good point, Heidi. Very interesting. Yeah. Now, did she get, was she able to get involved with other siblings who had suffered a loss? I don't believe she has. And I... I, I mean, I wondered in Africa. If she, she wasn't uh, able there to do that. Um... She did. She had a very special connection with the children there, and she was she was also significantly younger than the rest of the moms on the trip, who were all in their forties and fifties, and she was, you know, twenty two. So, um, so she did. I mean, she had like huge connections with the teenagers over there, and 
they all loved her because she had an iPod and they had no idea what that was. <laughs> and she was really <laughs> <popular>. <laughs> So yeah. there was, um, and, and you know, it was interesting because the moms on the trip really, really took her under their wing and, and mothered her. And it was, it was a very sweet dynamic. It was a very sweet dynamic. Mm-hmm. Um, did you notice any difference between the, the attitudes of the people over there who had lost children very recently, did you run into that? Any difference in in that kind of thing and supporting uh, new the very very newly bereaved? Was there any difference in Africa how they did that? How the African women uh, supported the people who are very newly bereaved? Do they have? Do they sit shiva or you know that's uh, Jewish? But did they have ritual? That's exactly. Thank you, Heidi. Um, not that not that I witnessed over there. Um, there's so many different cultures in Africa, and you know we were in South Africa, which is in fact um, very westernized. And in fact, uh, uh, you know the Catholic Church uh, settled most of the area in South Africa. So the you know I kept asking, so what are your rituals? And they were like, well, we we go to church and we have a funeral. And I was like, okay, that's pretty much what we do here. <laughs> um, so, but uh, I didn't see. I didn't have any really experience between, you know, I didn't ask the question of how long ago did your children die to the women I met. Uh, how are the men involved over there in grief and loss? Are they, are they more more involved or less, or or did you notice I w- anything? I would say less involved. Mm-hmm. The men are definitely less involved there. The, it's very, um, the culture is very, uh, the women lead the way. Mm-hmm. The women definitely lead the way. It, especially in the personal areas such as this. Especially when it comes to children and family. Mm-hmm. And so what do you think was the most healing for people, for the women you were with, about being there? Was it being of service or was it being connected to other people that had been through loss? Or what What exactly was the most <coughs> healing? Um, I think... I think it was both of those two things, mm-hmm. um, but I think one of them was expected and one of them was a surprise to the women, So, um, and a surprise to me. Like, I knew, I had a, you know, my goal going over there was, can't, could the service element be healing? And it absolutely was, and everybody, you know, everybody just felt alive for the first time and, like, loved it, and, like, they were able to make a difference, which was huge. Um, but the, and, and they the, were so needed. And they were so needed, and it was, you know, it was a, a really child, beautiful especially. experience. But mm-hmm. I think the part that was um, even more healing in a way and a, and a bigger surprise was all six of them being together 24 hours a day for three weeks mm-hmm. um, and and that none of them had had that, you know, to be able to sit with another with a group of women who all had been through what you'd been through and understood what you had been through and you know one woman in the film says you know to be able to be with these other moms and for 17 days to not have to pretend that I'm happy mm-hmm. is going to be such a relief and and you know to be able to laugh when I want to laugh and cry when I want to cry and to know that everybody understands uh. and, and it's okay for me to just be wherever I am and um, I think that element was hugely healing for all of them. Well, thank you so much for being on our show. You have been listening to Open to Hope Radio. You can sign up for our newsletter, Facebook, and Twitter on our homepage at opentohope.com. 